this is what I hear all the time. It's like the morning brew of XYZ. I want to build the morning brew for crypto. I want to build the morning brew for healthcare. And that's great. I mean, morning brew crushes it. But what I think maybe gets overlooked a lot is like, I'm so curious on like how this can be a big win for small businesses because everybody's familiar with email, right? Everybody knows what an email is. Yeah. If I have yeah. to go sell a podcast to a local business, I think that's a very hard sale. Sorry to people in Arkansas <laughs> if you're listening to this, but like Arkansas is the state that you joke about when you're joking about a state that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> My favorite reason that we have a podcast is because I get to meet cool people just like you, Ethan. When you go local, you're not competing against people as viciously as you might be if you're all competing on the same stage. It's never too much. People want to buy from you. People want to know what's happening and stuff like this proves it, right? And it was incredible. The biggest challenge for the people that are, are trying to scale to multiple locations is We've got some hey, fresh I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. That is right, guys. <laughs> if you are enjoying these episodes, go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizBrosco. That is right. And if today's guest help you move one step closer, and I might say again towards your goal, <laughs> please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five-star review. That's right, guys. Like Fonzie mentioned earlier, this guest has been on the show with some of the top three most popular episodes because the value was incredible. I remember having interview number one, we're like, we need to continue this. Interview number two, we need to continue this. And we just uncover a ton of value uh, on the online world, that newsletter world, specifically on yeah. that one. I'm just going to say the next series we do with him because we don't know if this one is going to go to episode two, three, who knows. <laughs> but the next series that we do with him, we need to do them in person, whether, you know, he comes here to Jacksonville to the studio or whether we go to, you know, where he's at. Um, in Austin, I don't know if we can say that. <laughs> don't go searching for him live in person. You know, who knows? Who knows? Uh, but maybe we can go there. We have some friends in there and That's then right. so do an episode live. He spent three years writing for the Hustle Trends newsletter, which was a multi-million dollar business. While at Trends, he researched and wrote the first in-debt guide to the newsletter industry, which, by the way, is the episodes that we did based on interviews with operators at The Hustle, Morning Brew, Axios, and many more. He was one of the first employees at Hampton and curated peer group for successful founders of one million plus companies. Now he's writing his own stuff over the Right to Rome and Rambler, a local newsletter for founders in Austin. Let's go. I'm Woo! so excited, guys. Please welcome <laughs> the one and only Ethan Brooks. Welcome back, Ethan. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I, um, I think I said this at the beginning of the last episode, too, which was like, man, I have no idea how I'm going to live up to that intro. <laughs> uh, and you got... I got to like this one's even harder. This is even harder <laughs> than the last one was. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Thanks for having me back though. Man, by it, the way, I'm going to go I'm going to go back and re-listen to this and like use use what you just said for my about page. Absolutely, man. This is summarize <laughs> my career better than I can. <laughs> it's all you. It's all you, man. Yeah. Uh, you want to you want to know the secret sauce? We just ask people, it's like, all right, what have you done? And then we just copy and paste it there in the intro. So it's, it's pretty much your own words, you know? 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you guys added something nice to that. But uh, no, thanks for having me back. It's <laughs> that, a blast to be here. It's good to see you guys. You uh, so it. We just uh, added the Hispanic accent. I just, got a, I just got a, <laughs> an idea. You know, I've been looking for what are things that we can send to our guests as presents. I think we should send them a little file with their intro that we do. But, you know, this guy said as an alarm. So it's like, hey, look, this is your <laughs> your wake-up alarm. You know, it's like, yeah, welcome, what's up? It's like the <laughs> ultimate hype up. <laughs> and they wake up ready to take on the day. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip the audio of you guys. I'm going to send it to all my friends and have them set it as their ringtone for when I call them. <laughs> yes, a ringtone. That is perfect. The ultimate hype up ringtone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw... Yeah. I saw this ad the other day. I was like looking for presents for my father-in-law and I came across this ad of this group of African dudes that they just sing songs and dance for <laughs> you if you send them a name. And it's like, maybe that's a service that we can do. And they charge like 40 bucks to do these messages and they're making back, man. And they're hilarious. And they're like, Lawrence, I love you. Mum, 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 and start dancing and it's this amazing. Is awesome. It's so good. Wow. <laughs> but anyways. Awesome. Um, dude, We're definitely you, deviating a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Ta tangent <laughs> alert. We have that with the team but ethan we're extremely excited man like like i said your episodes it was a series of newsletter by the way if you haven't listened to it go ahead and, and search ethan brooks content is profit is gonna blow your mind every every single comment we've gotten so many dms on twitter on linkedin people wanted to know more to the point that people think that we do newsletters and we don't do newsletters <laughs> uh the guy to, that does newsletter is ethan so that's why we brought him back also I think he told us about local place for local businesses, right? We talked to we, we talked to you, Ethan, uh, on you know the purchase of our new studio here locally in, in Florida, where we have a lot of creators and businesses that are starting to transition from physical business to online, or you know doing that that integration, and uh, and it's really incredible, man. So why don't you catch us up a little bit of what you've been doing, and uh, and then go from there? Yeah, sure. So I mean, you mentioned local. Um, and this is something I've been really fascinated by recently. And, and I mean, like I said, you guys did a great job summing up everything that I've been focused <laughs> on in the last five years, but, but yeah, so, um, obviously spent some time at the hustle and then went and was part of the early team at Hampton, which was amazing and kind of got the itch to go out and do mm -hmm. my own thing at some point. And when I started thinking about what was, what was the thing that I was going to do, I started looking around and just kind of like testing the waters for where I thought there was some interesting opportunity these days. And we can get into like some of the ideas um, that came up, but hmm. the, one of the big things that I noticed is, you know, after writing the guide on newsletters and talking about it a lot for, for a couple of years, a lot of people are obviously there's newsletters are still having a moment. People are still interested in them, but there's a lot of people out there who are kind of, trying to build this is what i hear all the time it's like the morning brew of xyz hmm. i want to build the morning brew for crypto i want to build the morning hmm. brew for healthcare and that's great i mean morning brew crushes it uh it's 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 a great company to look at and try to emulate um but what i think maybe gets overlooked a lot is like just how much went into making the morning brew what it is today and it's a very difficult place for somebody to start yeah. as a solo operator yeah and um the thing that really stood out to me a couple of months ago was like local – the opportunity in, in local newsletters. And this is this, – it feels almost weird to say this now because local newsletters are kind of having a moment. And so it, I, I wasn't even 
really ahead of the curve as much as I thought I was. Yeah. But um, it occurred to me that local <clears throat> really seemed like there was some untapped opportunity there. There's some really interesting strategic reasons that I think people should start focusing on it or or I thought people were going to start shifting towards it. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of became obsessed with it, man. I've been looking into it a lot recently. And as you mentioned, it started a local newsletter here in Austin as well. And I've just been talking to all kinds of operators across the board. And I guess the big takeaway for me and the thing that I was kind of stoked to jam with you guys on is like a few months ago, I was looking at this space and I thought there might be something to local newsletters. There might be, right? Yeah. Um, for a lot of reasons we can get into in a little bit. Maybe the biggest reason is like less competition, right? If yeah. you're really good at content, you have a lot less competition on the local level. Now, a few months into it, I think where I stand on this is like there is definitely a big opportunity in local, especially if you already run a local company, like a local services business, hmm. real estate, attorney, construction, like all these interesting local companies have a really unique opportunity um, that I still think is is like underexploited. So it's yeah. there's if you look at the broader newsletter landscape, there's a whole bunch of people that are trying to compete there. If you s circle all the way down to your, like your town, your city, the playing field is like almost wide open. Yeah. And I've uh, just been talking to people all the way across the industry, and they have been the ones that have really changed my mind on this and kind of like laid out a bunch of interesting stuff about like how these things grow, how they monetize, what the opportunity really looks like. Um, and so that's essentially where I stand on it now. I think there's a huge opportunity here for people who like content, but there's also a huge opportunity here for people who just run normal uh, local businesses and they want to take those up to the next level. Yeah. So, um, and so happy to chat through anything there you so guys are interested in. That's awesome. And so can we, let's spin the picture a little bit, right? Because on one side of the spectrum, you have uh, full online businesses, right? That they might, they might not be tied down to a physical location, right? They have employees and team all over the place yep. and the audience is all over the place or specifically per topic, right? You mentioned Morning Brew, right? The hustle, like this type of, of newsletters, right? That obviously are like, the I guess the North Star for a lot of people, right? They consume that. Then you have on the other side of the spectrum, you have maybe local businesses like you mentioned, lawyers, uh, dentists, you know, the small business owner, right? The local donut shop type of deal. And they mm -hmm. are swamped with daily operations, right? They have a physical location, they have staff, and they also have the responsibility to put their message out there so they can get people to the door and, and pay for all of that, right? So... Personally, I feel I identify a lot because, well, obviously, well, now, as of six months ago, we are also a local brick-and-mortar business business owners, right, apart from the online agency. So this is, we're learning from you. And also, you know, our past, we used to manage fitness studios, right? We, we used to sell memberships, and we have members coming through the doors every single day. And that's a conversation that happened every day. In fact, we met with a regional manager that he was like, well, how do we increase our lead flow, <laughs> right? And this is like kind of over coffee, right? This is not a service that we offer. But how do we increase our lead flow? But my owners did not get me any marketing budget to do so, <laughs> right? So they can't run ads. They can't put message out there. Yep. And I think a lot of local and smaller businesses might find themselves in, in that position, right? So obviously... Yeah. You know, we're big fans of podcasts and connections and through relationships, you can create opportunities, right? Uh, we yep. admire what you do with email and newsletter. And I'm so curious on like how this can be a big win for small businesses because everybody's familiar with, with email, right? Everybody knows what an email is. Yeah. 
if I have yeah. to go sell a podcast to a local business, I think that's a very hard sell. Uh, it might not be a fit. They might not know the platform. They might not consume the content. Like there's a lot of logistics, right? That through there. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm convinced yep. that that's a really good way to to build very meaningful relationships that can transform into profit. So let's dive in, right? How Definitely. do I, how do a business like get started? Like how do they frame this? Can we define newsletter? Sure. Yeah. So before we even get into defining it, I think I think the the sort of note that I want to give to people is like, you're in luck. This can be really easy. Uh, depending on what your goal is. I think you did a great job laying out the spectrum there in terms of like on one end, you have a local business that's just trying to increase their relevance in the local community, deal flow and and, and, and leads and get more people in the door, get more people to know about you. Yeah. And then on the other end, you have somebody who wants to turn the media, they want to run a media business, right? So they want mm. the newsletter to be the main product and that's where they want to make money. And there are different options for uh, how you approach this, depending on where you land on the spectrum. But for, na- for now, let's start with this like brick and mortar thing. So the good news is this can, this can be super simple. Um, I've talked to a bunch of people across the industry who have already built these in different towns all over the U.S., all over Canada, all over Europe. And I'll say the most common thing that I've found is – or actually, before I even get there, the thing that you're leveraging is the fact that nobody else in your town is doing this. So there's there are a bunch of people in town and there might be local newspapers or you know people on Instagram that are sharing interesting stuff to do nearby or something like that. Yeah. But most like most people are just focused on bigger audiences and so they're kind of missing the ball on the opportunity for like yeah, uh, digital media at a local scale. So, so that's what you're tapping into. And because most people aren't doing this, it means that the bar for the content can actually be incredibly low. And what I've seen most common across all these different places, as the, mo- the most common place to start, is a simple event roundup of the stuff that's going on in your town in any given week. Now, I'll give you a couple examples of this. Um, so Ryan Snedden uh, is, a, is a guy. <clears throat> he runs uh, a newsletter called the, the Naptown Scoop which is a local newsletter for Annapolis. Hmm. He had a great interview on the Newsletter Operator podcast a couple of months back with um, Matt McGeary and Ryan Carr. And they basically asked him, he's, he's, he's basically turned this newsletter into a six-figure company over the last couple of years. And they asked him, they're like, well, where would you start if you were starting one of these? What would you focus on for the content? And he said, I would do a roundup of live music in my town every single week because that's the most popular thing it's a super light lift. You spend maybe an hour or two a week uh, checking websites for restaurants and bars in your area. Yeah. And you round it all up into a newsletter and then you send it out and people, people love it. Now, that was his, his recommendation. I've since seen the same mm-hmm. thing recommended from several other people. Um, <coughs> Walter Tennyson, <clears throat> who uh, was the – he's a really interesting dude. He's, he actually sold ads at Morning Brew and he's – running his own company now uh, in the newsletter space. But um, on the side, he built a local newsletter. And uh, he's in Europe. He built this thing up to 10,000 subscribers doing this exact same type of content. It was five local events, five of the best local events coming up this week (laughs) in our city. And the crazy thing about this 
this is again where that leverage comes in because I said most people are not doing this. So the crazy um, implication of that is that because most people aren't doing it, they grow faster than most other newsletters that I've seen and they grow cheaper than most other newsletters that I've seen. Mm. So right now, if you're like competing against, say, Morning Brew or The Hustle, if you're competing for that kind of global tech audience, English-speaking professional audience, um, you know, you're trying to acquire people for like $1 to $2 a piece. Um, And like really, really great growth teams are aiming for the lower end of that scale. But you're still going to pay like at least a dollar a piece for, for readers. These local newsletters, if you pay to advertise them, which is not a requirement, but if you do pay to advertise them, they're looking I've seen I've seen cost per acquisition between 18 cents and like 70 cents is kind of like the highest that I've ever seen, which to put that in perspective, (laughs) that's unheard of these days in the newsletter space, like the broader newsletter space. Those are that's like going back in time. Yeah, on online advertising, you just don't get acquisitions that cheap. Well, even I remember, so, just quick parenthesis. I remember when we were in the in the gyms, right? Like for to acquire an email, it was anywhere from like twelve bucks to twenty dollars, right? And that was like a lead that we had wow. to call, and it was very very expensive. So you know, um, you talk about a solution like this, you can start getting traffic and people in the door very very quickly. Yeah. Now, now there's a discussion to be had about like what types of people are you targeting, right? So, so far we've talked about sort of like general local newsletters. And this is what I've seen a lot of people doing. I haven't seen a lot of people going into very deep niches yet. Hmm. Um, I, I've talked to a few and I've seen a couple others. That's actually where I'm focused myself. But, but just to keep it general for now, because if you do run a dentist's office or like a real estate office or something like that, you are looking for a pretty broad audience, right? It's you know, adults in your town who have yeah. money to spend. Yeah. But beyond that, the, the limitations are not that strict. Yeah. So, so yeah, the good news is the content can be very simple. A roundup of local events or live music. Uh, most people get this down to like one to two hour commitment per week. And then I mentioned ads to grow them, but this is, it's not actually not where most people start. Where most people start is no budget at all. What they do is they've been going to local Facebook groups and local Reddit pages and sharing the event roundup hmm. along with um, a link to the email. So they'll, what they'll do is they'll say like, hey, hmm. in fact, uh, Walter, who I mentioned before, he did a, a great breakdown of this. He totally opened up his playbook and shared the exact verbiage that he uses. Um, and it says something to the effect of like, one like, hey, every week I look through all the events that are coming up and I pick like five of the best ones and send them to my friends. Here you can if you want to get that email, you can get it here. But here are the five events that I picked this week. And then he just lists out all the events in their description. Wow. So it's super simple. Yeah. People go nuts for it in these local um, community groups because nobody's really doing it. It's yeah. just it's so hard to figure out what am I going to do this weekend? What's going on this week? <laughs> yeah. uh, and so for now, at least, because it's not a, a highly contested field, it's um, a lot of those tactics still seem to be working. I've seen them used across a lot of the people that I'm talking to um, and to the to the point where they're they're actually using the same um, the same copy. If they if they're doing advertising, they're using the exact same ads <laughs> And they're all getting the same results. And so this is, oh. to me, this is an indication that um, 
there's just a lot of untapped potential here. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, because I know I've been running for a while on this, but I'm, I'm like obsessed this is with good. this right We're, we're like I'll salivating say, over here. We're like, tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want, we can get into the specifics too, like the ad copy and stuff like that. But the, the last thing I'll say is, and this was one of the things that really sold me on this concept. I was shocked by how small of a town you can actually do this in. Hmm. So when I was originally thinking about doing a uh like going out on my own hmm. i had a couple of different ideas one was a local newsletter um and then i had another idea for like a direct to consumer business breakdown newsletter kind of similar to what we used to do at trends yeah and the reason i was very hesitant on the local side was because i i just i didn't think there was enough people in austin to get a big enough list to make it a viable business hmm. And then um, as I started listening first to Ryan Snedden's interview and then talking to other people across the industry, what I found is that you can – I'm shocked by how small of a town you can do this in. So um, a lot of people that I've heard have said or heard or spoken to have said like minimum size, like the absolute smallest they would go is 20,000 people. If you have a town of at least 20,000 people, wow. you, can, you can have a pretty significant marketing vehicle here. Interesting. Um, I think Ryan these days is saying he wouldn't go much smaller than like 80,000, but that's because he's actually monetizing it as a media company, not just using it to bring people in the door to a dentist office. But that's a small town. Now, the town that he's in right now, I think I'm going to get the numbers. It's been a little while since I've looked at them specifically, but like Annapolis proper has, I think, 40,000 people or so. And then the wider metro area there is somewhere between like a hundred and two hundred thousand. So it's still pretty small. I mean, I'm in Austin. We've got a little over a million here. The town that I grew up in has like 30,000 people. So it's not, a, he's not in a huge spot, but I think in the interview, he said the list was like 14,000, which means they would have gotten wow. between 10 and 25% penetration into the market, Yeah, which is insane. You know, it's just insane. You like you wouldn't expect to get that in any other industry for any other thing. Yeah. Well, I remember we ran that campaign with uh, a business called Degree Wellness, right? It was a local shop. And it was not a newsletter play, but it was uh, – they, they wanted – same problem, right? They couldn't pay for a new lead. They, they had no idea what the lead cost was, first First of all. That was one of the problems, right? They, we asked them, like, how much are you paying for a new email or a new phone number? They had no idea. So we're like, okay. So we took this out of a playbook or a different book, uh, and we grant we grabbed six businesses around. We created like this uh, giveaway that it was gonna be on Friday. We asked each of the businesses, be like, "Hey guys, send three emails. Here's a copy of the emails. We're gonna we're all pitching together for this prize is six thousand dollars worth of stuff. People are gonna love it, right? So each business sent all the emails. We drove about two thousand opt-ins." With those emails, wow. local play, local businesses in one little shopping area, right? 2,000 emails. And the cool part was we announced the winner and immediately after we sent an email saying, hey, we still have a present for you. Thank you for opting in. And we sent them to the actual business offer, which was they wanted people through the door. So they offered a free three-minute something, a session, right? Where they book to get in there and then there was like an upsell of like $150 type of thing. So they actually booked that day 150 appointments. The manager called us and they were like, 
what's going on? Like our phone is just like off the hook. And then I think they sold $1,500 worth of services before people walked into the door. So that shows- That's wild. That is, people are hungry for this stuff, right? Like when, when a lot of the conversations that we have with local businesses, like, oh, we're emailing once a month a newsletter of the things that are happening in the business, way too much. With corporate businesses, uh, corporate is not allowing us to send emails, right? Like because it's too much. I'm like, it's never too much. People want to buy from you. People want to know what's happening and stuff like this proves it, right? And it was incredible, right? And then right after that, COVID happened and then, you know, brick and mortar world kind of went kaboom. But uh, <laughs> with this local play with the newsletters, you start doing that and then you add a strategy like that or a tactic like that. Man, yeah. I think there could be a lot of traction. Well, that's a fascinating example and i think it really speaks to this concept of of big fish in a small pond kind of it's like there are some people who are well i actually let me just pause for a second so we we spoke for a second to the people who already run brick and mortar they already compete in the local arena and we kind of like highlighted hey there's an opportunity here for you and i think it's great the other side of that equation though is these people who want to run media companies and what's been what really kind of drew me to uh, there were a few things that uh, drew me to local, and ultimately made me decide to do it. One of them, this was not the biggest deciding factor, but it was it was a significant one. Is this concept of like being a big fish in a relatively small pond, or a, a bigger fish in a relatively small pond? Okay. The competition landscape for global media right now is. Um, is incredible. It's like there are so many incredible operators that are building incredible podcasts and newsletters and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's like it's fun to compete there, but it's really difficult to be unique or different. Now, all of a sudden, you pull that down to the local level, the story completely changes, right? And so there's so many people out there that I think might be listening to this who are in that second category. Like they're already professional yeah. marketers or they already do content on a big scale. And when they, if you shift your attention to local, all of a sudden you have this unfair advantage, which is that you know all these strategies and tactics that work at at the bigger level but no nobody's doing them locally <clears throat> and so when you implement them i mean what you just talked about that's like a 30 cent cost per acquisition which is is just insane yeah um so you yeah you just have this this big unfair advantage i will i will point out the other reason too so um that was one thing that really intrigued me about local uh but it, it wasn't the thing that actually got me over the hump though and 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 made this, I think, worth actually Absolutely. doing. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the thing that made it worth it, um, and I think this might go for other people too, is like if you feel like you're, you want a stronger connection to the place that you live. So for me, mm. I kind of grew up, I'm in Austin now, but I grew up moving all over the place. I'm really good at moving all over the place. Like I like <laughs> traveling for most of my life. I've never lived anywhere longer than like six months to <laughs> one to two years at the top end. Yeah. And so I've been in Austin now. Austin was kind of like the exception. But I've been in Austin for six years, on and off. But, like, this has been home base. Um, and still felt like I didn't know the city at all. Wow. And so for me, the local newsletter became, a like, as soon as I was like, okay, I think this could be a viable business, 
it also became the only business that I was looking at that would force me to like get to know or get to know the city, put down roots and like build a community. Cool. And I mean, you mentioned COVID a minute ago. I think people, I'm certainly craving that more now. I think a lot of people are just craving like a bit more of a connection to where they are yeah. locally. So 100%. if that's you too, I think this can be a really interesting um, way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, with your guys' local podcast studio too, I think that's my my head is a, another super interesting. It, all right, all right, I'm, I'm out. Chime in here. People might not know that I'm on the podcast <laughs> yet, for now, but I'm actually here. I'm just, I'm telling Wait, you, Ethan. <laughs> I haven't been this excited about an idea way, in a while. You're really counting my ums. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I forgot to mention at the beginning <laughs> of the episode if. You want some sort of gift card prize. We still haven't decided. You need to guess how many alms my brother says in today's episode, and then we'll pick a winner, and we'll send you whatever present it is. Coffee coffee on us. Yeah, we we just started doing this since uh, last episode, so I have the counter live up in here. So far, uh, single digits, so we're doing good. But to get back on topic, Ethan, dude, I haven't been this excited about an idea in a while. You know, we've, I mentioned before the episode, right before we started hitting recording, that we've had this idea, you know, and I believe in abundance, so I'm going to put it out there for whoever wants to take it and operate it, whatever they are. But we've had this idea that we've been very excited about, but we haven't executed yet. It literally comes up every <laughs> other month. You know, we talk about it. We've had the idea now for probably a year and a half or so, but we haven't really executed. And it's something around creating a podcast for the city. So, you know, kind of like the local podcast in a sense, right? We want to call it the jackpot, right? And then as we started dreaming a little bit, we talked about the city podcast network where we go into cities and then we have these models. Now, as you're talking about this newsletter, all I can think about is this is a perfect business model, right? And I'm even going to, share with you right now what I wrote down here. It's like a business model for the studio. So let's go to a city, right? Buy a studio. That might not be that cheap. <laughs> but, you know, for example, we already own the studio. And obviously you have, you know, people renting. You have, you know, businesses that they want to do their podcast, etc. But besides that, you start your local newsletter and you attach it to the studio. So let's say our local newsletter is going to be like the example you provided about events in town, right? Something a little bit generic, you know, entertainment based. There's a lot of events in town. We do the newsletter, but we also have, you know, a podcast version of the newsletter, obviously sponsored by Studio Podcast Suite, so people know where we are recording this. I feel like you can sell that in a way to the radio. We know radio has times where they don't really show, they don't have that much programming and they're looking to put stuff in there. Hey, can we put this? 15-minute podcast episode on the radio, right? So you can show it to people. Obviously, in there, you're trying to find leads and get people, you know, to sign up to your local newsletter. In the local newsletter, once you start growing it, and I'm sure this is part of what we're going to get into here in a little bit, right? You're going to have sponsorships. So, for example, there are organizations that we know, let's say your local newsletter would be about events, right, and entertainment. Who is the biggest entertainer in town? Well, here in Jacksonville, is it Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like, they want to build their fan base. Can we get some sort of sponsorship with the Jags that they sponsor this newsletter, right? Or the biggest entertainers that they want their name in their newsletter. It could be 
some of the biggest coffee shops here in town, for example, right? That they want their name in front of people. I feel this is such a complete package. And then you can go and replicate that as the city network, right? On other places. Not only that, but you're saying the local newsletter, make it about event roundups. What about, and I think this is along the lines of what you're doing, but business events roundups. And then rather than going to the Jags, you ask yourself, okay, what is the biggest entity in town that does business and, you know, that wants a lot of traffic, that wants a lot of attention. Well, maybe it's the Chamber of Commerce or maybe is you know, the leadership organization that we are part of and we have contacts <laughs> in that we can talk to. And we have actually thought about doing a podcast with them. What about we include them in the project and tell them, hey, look, can you sponsor this? We're going to reach this type of audience all local. I think it's so, so powerful what you're talking about. I'm telling you, I'm so pumped up. So excited about this. After this show, we're definitely going to be discussing <laughs> next steps. Cancel and all the calls. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Ethan, my mind even crossed. We need to find a way to partner with this guy because he's a monster. You're an absolute baller. So just so you know, we're probably going to come up with something, try to bring you on board <laughs> into the city network, right? Or however it is, we're going to be calling it. <laughs> Uh, I, you said something that I actually wrote down because I love this mindset, but you said, I believe in abundance. And so I'm going to put this out there and, and, yeah. and it reminds me of something that I think is important to call out with the local situation too. Um, another, another reason that I like these local newsletters is because I think a single city can support several of them Yeah, because there's a lot of different psychographics inside of a single city. Um, and I also, this, this is something that helps me as I build mine is realizing that it's uh, like we in the newsletter community, I think are just sort of realizing there's an opportunity here, but it's, it's actually not new. And if you start to look around, um, what you'll find is that there, I mean, there's, there's tons of local media that already exists. Yeah. It's kind of like our industry is just catching on to it. And, you know, there are some people who say we're just reformatting like reinventing a local newspaper i don't think that's quite true but yeah um but but that help it helps me to realize that this isn't brand new because it makes me feel less rushed like there are there are other people who've been building in this space for a long time they've built long-standing successful companies around it they're some of them are struggling because they've been slow to adapt the business model yeah and people coming in from like our world already know the business model that works on this. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the concept itself is actually pretty well proven, which is, which is encouraging. Um, you also highlighted something. This is, this is, this, this is the hardest thing to crack for local media. So there, when you look at the far end of the spectrum of people who are just trying to run media companies, Right. We talked about this on the last episode. There's basically three ways to make money from media companies. You have free products that are monetized via ads, and then you have low price and high price paid mm -hmm. products, right? Yep. Um, so, so people in that world who are trying to monetize through that lens, the, the, there are kind of two types of them in the local space. There's the single operator yeah. who's just trying to build one sort of like local publication and then there are people who are trying to do the scaling model. Um, and what I've talked to a couple people on both sides. It's, personally, I'm doing the single operator thing. Um, 
And so like the name, actually, I ended up changing the name of the newsletter to the Austin Business Review. So it's never going to mm. go beyond Austin. I kind of like forced myself to like stay in one pond. Yeah, I like it. But I've talked to people like uh, uh, Farhan Mohammed, who runs Overstory Media, uh, what he's partnered up with um, Andrew Wilkinson on Overstory Media. Uh, we he, He's been super helpful and given a ton of insight and stuff like that. And we were talking, and I think one of the biggest challenges for the people that are, are trying to scale to multiple locations is is finding the creatives in each town mm. who have that unique combination of like uh, the ability to create content and a connection to the city that allows them to make content that other people in the city want to read. So like some companies have struggled with this. If you look at maybe yeah. 6 a.m. city, um, they have a lot of different locations. But the content is, ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's, it's not amazing. And that's just a, that's a natural um, result of scaling because as you get bigger, it's harder to be as curated or as, yeah. as bespoke. So if, if a company really figures out the scaling model, like the way, the way that you said it, I think it's going to be, it's going to be the, the, the big thing that they're going to have to crack is how do we find the creatives in each town? Yeah, because yeah. like you said, the advertising business is is there. We can talk a little bit more about monetizing too if you want. I've gotten a bunch of great insights from other people in mm. the industry about about monetizing. Um, but you know, it's it's the business model exists. There's already local media. There are people who will pay yeah. you for ads. All that kind of stuff exists. The real tricky part is how do we find the people in every city so that we can really keep it local. It can't. It's almost like it can't end up being. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Big umbrella. It's it's oh, it's got to be local every single time, and that's super tough. That's yeah, super tough. I love that. I actually wrote down here too as another tier of the master plan that we're gonna be uh, executing probably here in 2024 is the talent per type of newsletter, right, or per talent of per topic. So if you do like an event roundup. Right. Who is a personality you can bring? Because let's be honest, we cannot be as much as we like and enjoy being in front of the microphone. We're not going to be the talent for all of the newsletters. Right. We are not. Maybe we don't have the subject matter expertise when it comes to sporting events here in town, for example. Right. Maybe soccer, but, you know, soccer here in Jacksonville is not the best yet. Right. <laughs> Shout out to the USL team that's coming out. <laughs> but that being said, it's like, can we do some sort of casting event where we're going to be you know hey you're going to be the personality for the local newsletter on the local podcast on events right or music events in town and you are responsible for covering all these things right obviously there's a lot of things that we gotta logistics. yeah logistics that we gotta work yeah. here and there but that being said Dude, this reminds me of, uh, actually, I'm going to skip this story. I think it's not relevant at this point. But I would love to hear about, <laughs> all right, I'm not going to skip it. It's actually more of a lesson, right? It, it, it reminds <laughs> me, it's a, oh, a connection that my mind made about something I heard a long time ago, right? And it actually goes back to Sam Parr, right? He, he started the hustle. Um, I think you have a good relationship with him. And I remember him sharing a story on when he was trying to grow the hustle, and he did this kind of like aggregator newsletter slash article where he said, these are the best entrepreneurs of 2020 something, or let's say 20, I don't know, 17, 18, whatever year it was when he started it. And he made that list 
of what he thought were the best entrepreneurs, but also the people that he wanted to connect to and also the people that he wanted to bring to HustleCon. And majority of those people had audiences, big audiences. And most of those people share that, right? Share the post about being some of the best entrepreneurs, right? Quote unquote, of that year. And I thought that was genius because obviously he's leveraging those people's audiences to get a bigger reach, but at the same time, he's leveraging that article now to start building those relationships. And I see the local newsletter doing something very similar as well when starting, right? Which is, you know, we're going to show you the top five places this week to go do something. Just by sharing that, it gives you an opportunity to go and reach out to those events or those locations and tell them, hey, I'm featuring you in my newsletter. Would you mind sharing yeah. this with your audience as well, right? And it's another way for you to grow, build relationships, and expand on the reach. I think it's absolute genius. Now, where I wanted to yeah. go next, that, that was kind of like the little parenthesis in there. But what I wanted to go next is definitely, you know, this is content is profit. So we definitely want to learn some of those behind the scenes secrets that you've learned on building, you know, and monetizing these local newsletters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let me think about this for a second. Well, while you we've talked a little bit about growth. Yeah, go for it. While you while you put your you thoughts to together to? here, um, one of the last night I was I met this new friend, <laughs> and uh, he's a big. Trading, Just so you know, that sounds very sketchy. Dude. I know, very very, very <laughs> sketchy. Anyways, this new friend, um, we have trading cards in common, right? So he's a big soccer fan, and we've been just talking about different things, right? And it's been incredible because since the second I met him, I've had the idea of, of launching a soccer podcast, right? And I said it. It There's no launch date. It's going to happen. But, you know, we're obviously, you know, running the business and the service and the offer and the thing. I just haven't put a date on it. But I said that. And it's like, for him, for me, it's like, oh, you know, for us, it's not a, a big deal. But for him, it was a big deal. So then this person started introducing me to a lot of the local businesses in town. Hey, here's a guy with that with a soccer podcast. Here's a guy with a soccer podcast. And uh, yesterday we met, and a business opportunity came up that could be huge for the for the podcast or the publication or the thing. And he and turns out that because of that single point of connection with the lever of the content side, that might be a little unknown for them, right? And it could be like something very casual for us. He now turns out that he's very good friends with the president of the chamber of commerce of our city and he's like man just ask i will make that introduction today right so to the point that before we dive into the monetization just the fact that you have a media property in the city locally you're presenting an opportunity for everybody in the city to be part of something really cool so even before you get to the money, the opportunity is going to show up because then you can talk to those people that you want to really connect with in the city and opportunities will show up. So, you know, and this was completely random on the soccer and there's definitely going to be a newsletter on the soccer side that we're going to do and, and we're not implement all this. So we had the local play, the soccer specific one and the content is profit. So I'm very excited because I think this shines a light of the massive opportunity that we can do locally whether that's a topic specific yeah. topic or the local play for the city which i think is so genius 
Yeah, I'm, at, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think you just spoke to one of the most uh, important aspects of this. At least this is one of the things that I'm thinking through the most. Um, we've already touched on it a little bit, but the playbook for monetizing a media company is pretty well established at this point. Like I said earlier, you have free products, you have paid products, uh, especially if you're going after a relatively broad, high-value audience, like the advertising dollars are already out there. Yeah. That's pretty well known. It's a little less well defined on the local side. I've heard a couple of things coming from people, but what, what, and I'll get into the specifics in a second, but what you touched on is this. There are probably ways to monetize this that the broader industry has just not realized yet. Yeah. Part of that is if, if you own a local services business, like you're obviously going to benefit from having a product like this. Or, you know, if you just happen to talk to 10,000 people in your city every single week, like there's just inevitably there's going to be opportunities that come from that. And so that's one of the really interesting things about it is I'm not sure the the full spectrum of benefits of a local newsletter is really as well defined as it is for other types of media properties. Yeah. But to your point, just having it, it's almost like it. There's just no way nothing happens, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't you can't talk to that many people in your town every single week and just have nothing. I love how it was. There's no way nothing Black. happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just there's there, there's. I think there. I think the traditional ways of monetizing media are all on the table here. I think they're probably a little bit different for local mm. because the audience sizes are different and the advertisers are different. Like one of the things I've heard, which is kind of interesting, I've heard several people who run local newsletters say the advertisers are much less technologically sophisticated than other types of advertisers we've dealt with. Mm. So if you and and that's not a dig, it just means that they're not they're not looking for the same things and you can't sell them in the same way because they don't have the same types of expectations. So if you go to, um, let's say, like The Hustle, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're selling ads, The Hustle doesn't sell ads anymore. But it, back when it did, you would go to a tech company and you'd say, hey, I've got this many readers. This percent of them opens email every week. And this is our click rate. And most tech companies understand the implications of that. They're going to go, okay, well, we're probably going to get in front of this many people. Like we expect this kind of ROI. Like they're running specific numbers in their heads. Yeah. On a local people who are running six and seven figure companies out of these newsletters right now. And what they've said is it's different. They're not looking for the same kind of metrics. Mm. What, what a lot of times what people are more interested in is what is the visibility that I'm getting with this? Mm. And they're not even measuring things like return on investment or cost per acquisition, stuff like that. So it's a challenge because uh, there's a lot of education that goes into selling this opportunity because yeah. it is kind of new. But also, it, I think it, what it means is that everybody who's doing this right now should at least be aware that that's the case because you're going to have to approach it differently than you would in other types of media. Because just, even just yeah. the media kit's going to look different. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, when, we, when we called the owner of that business and we told them the same story that we told you, right? They were like, uh, you know, they want to know like how much they made or whatever, right? And in her mind, she was like, well, we just sold $1,500, right? And I'm like, yeah, but you have 150 people coming to your studio the next two weeks that each of them, you can right. sell them a $150 membership per month. 
right? And right. then on top of that, you also have 2,000 emails. That the right. data that we collected is about 20 bucks an email that you were paying for. So multiply yep. all that, that was like $20,000 worth of value just on the emails, right? But she couldn't understand it, right? So to your point, like there's some education that needs to happen to, yep. to, to connect both. So I encourage, if you're a business owner, know your numbers, right? Like what's the, the, these examples that, that we're saying, but at the same time, this is a great play for you to kind of start measuring the traffic to your own shop, right? Forget yeah. about, you know, the advertising side of things, but it, you know, initially if that adds a ton of friction, but to your point, yes, there is some education that needs to happen and it's not nobody's fault, right? Like they, they're the business owners that might be busy with so many things, right? Or small business owners. Right. And it's, it's also just kind of a new paradigm. A lot of local media, like it was newspapers and you couldn't really measure things like, um, you know, impressions on a newspaper. Yeah. And then there's a whole other set of problems, which is like a lot of those industries kind of got a little bit warped in their reporting because they were incentivized to report different types of numbers. Yeah. So there's a, a million reasons why it's not the same, yeah. but the it's important or it's been interesting to me to hear that it is different because I was even just planning my approach to different sponsors and stuff and uh, was told over and over again from people in the industry like, hey, I don't think they're going to care about this metric so much. Maybe think about a, a little bit more of the prestige and, and, and yeah. positioning it this way rather than on like a strict numbers basis. Makes sense. Uh, so that's one big thing. A couple of the other big things that I've heard is like service providers are a great group to go after. So, um, you know, construction companies, uh, realtors, like you said, dentists, but uh, lawyers, things like that. Um, mm. because the value of a single deal is much higher. Mm. So it, yeah. you can get a realtor, one client, that's thousands of dollars in revenue for them. Whereas, you know, it would be really tough for me to drive thousands of dollars in revenue to uh, my local, um, I don't know, pizza shop. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then the maybe like one or two other big things that have come up a few times. Uh I've heard a couple of times, and this is really interesting. If we talked a little bit about the challenges of scaling something like this to multiple cities, uh, it's certainly out there. There are people that are doing it, um, but it's got its own unique set of challenges. But kind of the interesting thing for people who do want to do this as a full-time business is that from what I've seen, they can be a significant business even in just one relatively limited location. So... Ryan, obviously from Naptown Scoop, great example. He's doing six figures with one city. Wow. Um, and if you're a solo operator, it's, he's over $200,000 a year right now in the newsletter. <laughs> so that's a pretty good income uh, for one person running a business, you know, yeah. with, with not that much overhead. You know, there's no, there's no office, there's no printing, there's no nothing that's needed. Yeah. Uh, if you're paying for ads, maybe you've got an expense there, but it's a relatively lean business to run. Um, and then there's like slightly bigger options or uh, examples. So Jacob Donnelly, who runs a media operator, which is a really great newsletter for anybody who is in the media space. He told me about this one company called Arkansas Business Publishing Group. Have you guys heard of this before? We have nope. not. Nobody's heard of this before. That's, <laughs> that's the big joke. Like nobody. Arkansas. Sorry to people in Arkansas if you're <laughs> listening to this, but like Arkansas is the state that you joke about when you're joking about a state that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet, this guy runs an incredible business in the state of Arkansas. He basically runs a publishing company strictly focused on Arkansas business, doing eight figures in revenue in 
the state that like yeah. is probably the 51st state people think of when they think of business. Yeah. And by the way, I love Arkansas for the nature. I've never, <laughs> but I've never looked into the business up there. What, what um, is the name so of the, any, of the business? Arkansas what? The Arkansas business publishing group. Yeah. If you look at it, it's, it's, it's not one city, but he basically owns like the business media landscape in Arkansas. But the fact that you can do eight figures yeah. in yeah. one state, that's not even like, I mean, come on, I, Silicon Valley, that wouldn't surprise me. New York, that wouldn't surprise me. But the fact that he's doing it in Arkansas is 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 awesome. And so I think there's a there is a, an argument to be made for scaling, but you can also make the argument for staying in one location and just continuing to double down and drive those roots deeper and create more monetization. The last thing I'll say about this is um, the people that I've talked to who are building successful companies on this have all – Rand, weirdly enough, recommended that you look to make advertising about 25% of the business hmm. and that the rest should be other forms of revenue. And that was surprising. It's also been surprising how consistent it is. Um, hmm. But uh, at least two, maybe uh, at least two people have said that to me, um, both in Canada now that I think about it. But, anyways, 25% ads. And the reason for that is that the ad business is kind of tough. Yeah. Um, they've said that like if you can sell in multi-month chunks, it becomes a little mm -hmm. bit easier, a little bit more stable. But uh, the ad business is tough. And so what they try to fill it in with is memberships and things like events. Yeah. And the surprising thing is that people seem to be very willing to pay a membership for local media. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. Mind blown. My, our minds have been blown <laughs> again today. Ethan, man, I don't know why we waited so long to bring you back. We're going to bring you to Jacksonville. <laughs> we're going to bring you to Jacksonville and we're going to talk shop. Just saying. Yeah, man. We'll do it. We'll do it in person next time. Yeah, it's great seeing you guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You might fall in love with Jacksonville. And you're like, hey, you know what? I'm actually going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> That would be like the that would be the the end of uh, end of my business, right? Yeah. Can't write an Austin <laughs> newsletter from Jacksonville. <laughs> you can live vicariously through us here in Jacksonville, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll share the updates. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Now, Ethan, yeah. how how can people find you? How can people follow your journey, your newsletters? Where can we send them? Yeah, so if you just go to ethanbrooks.com, that'll take them right to my main site, which is called The Right to Rome. Awesome. Um, that's where I share the things that I learn as I'm building here in Austin and also talking to other people across the industry. And maybe the last thing I'll just say, I, I, I tried to shout out people who have been super helpful. I also want to just mention Jeff Sharp over at Lookout Media. He's been awesome. super, super helpful. Um, and the, 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 the last little note for people is this community seems to be very open to talking. And I think a big part of that is because When you go local, you're not competing against people as viciously as you might be if you're all competing on the same stage. So, you know, just get out there and talk to people. It's a really cool, really cool community. People have been super helpful so far. Nah, I'm sorry. The best is the best reason why to have a podcast. Talk to cool people. Look, I say that all the time. I'm like, one of the best reasons or my favorite reason that we have a podcast is because I get to meet cool people just like you, Ethan. And I think today proves it. You know, we're 
we literally we learn we mastermind you know we share future plans of potential partnership who knows you know just turned out there <laughs> you know and it was absolutely amazing we had a we had a really good time so Ethan thank you so much dude this was really cool man thanks for having me on guys absolutely yeah, is there anything else that you want to leave with or add up no yeah I think you left it all on the nope. table man this was incredible <laughs> Fancy, what about you Just thank you. It was absolutely amazing. I really appreciate it. I'm sure people are going to love this episode. We're going to do our best to promote it, get the word out there. And, you know, we'll run out everywhere about this episode except in Jacksonville. So we can't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because, again, I believe in abundance. I believe in abundance. So, yeah, yeah absolutely amazing, man. Thank you. Yeah. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at this Bros Co. That is Ryan of Ethan here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and leave a five star review. And remember, if you guess my brother's arms count, we'll we'll get you something. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys.